Welcome to episode three of So Strange. I'm your host, Andy Myers. I'm an author, a paranormal researcher, and the kind of guy who mows crop circles into his backyard. You know, just for fun. Of course, it goes really nicely with my seven-foot-tall Bigfoot statue I have back there. So uh, what can I say? I'm a strange guy. But I do have a positively terrifying show lined up for you today. I'm talking about the scariest sounds ever recorded. So it's a spooky symphony for your ears, if you will. I'll include booming noises from the sky, outer space anomalies, and possible Bigfoot vocalizations, among many other things. So secure your headphones and settle in because things are about to get so strange. If you've ever been camping in the woods at night, or maybe participating in a paranormal investigation, you may have uttered the words, What was that noise? Strange sounds have a funny way of playing tricks on our mind. I think it's due to the fact that strange noises are rarely accompanied by any sort of visual evidence or context. So in other words, when our ears are trying to make sense of a bizarre sound, our imagination tends to run wild. And as you know, our imagination can jump to some pretty creepy conclusions as to what we've just heard. And it seems like everything is scarier at night. Am I wrong? So for this episode, I've compiled sounds that have left people stumped, baffled, and downright terrified. So after giving you a little background and context for each audio phenomenon, I'll play a little sound bite so you can listen to it for yourself. I promise to keep the, the volume of these sound clips at, at a reasonable level, uh, because here at So Strange Studios, I care about your hearing. I really do. And uh, although some of the sound clips may leave you with goosebumps, I promise they won't leave you with bleeding eardrums. So without further ado, let's light this torch. That sounds cool, right? Light this torch. Okay. It's probably a saying. Let's just go with it. The first article I rounded up comes from a website called Week in Weird. And it's titled, The Arrival, Man Records Frightening Alien Sounds Emanating from Rhode Island Forest. Many people move to the country in order to get away from the hustle and bustle of the big city. But what happens when you find you've traded your annoying next-door neighbors for terrifying paranormal activity? Chris Simpkins was woken in his rural Rhode Island home by a frightening, mysterious noise coming from the forest. And he did the best thing possible. He recorded it. The short video clip, which was uploaded to YouTube on September 6, shows an eerie dirt road leading into the woods where the strange buzzing sounds were coming from. For almost 20 minutes, Simpkins recorded the noises echoing from the woods, noting that not only was the wind quiet, but that there are no trains or traffic sources anywhere nearby. In fact, you can even hear the sounds of crickets and frogs from the nearby woods. Simpkins was also quick to point out that after having lived there for a year, he and his family had never heard anything like that sound before. What makes the situation even stranger is that the only thing of interest in the general direction of the noise is a large AM radio tower. Many expert commenters were quick to point out that AM radios and their towers are not known to make noise or anything like the one that was heard in the recording. For the most part, many listeners were stumped as to what could possibly be making the sound like the one in Simpkins' video, but all of them agreed it's downright scary. As expected, many were quick to jump to conclusions that the sounds had been coming from some kind of alien source, or if not aliens, that they were somehow connected to the recent boom sounds recorded in Ontario, Canada. 
So here it is, everybody. You can listen for yourself. So what do you think? In my opinion, sounds like a somebody playing a demonic flute and uh, not at the right keys either, not at the right tone or frequency. Uh, it kind of makes me feel bad for those, uh, you know, band camp parents uh, whose kids are, you know, in their bedroom practicing their instrument, <laughs> making making your ears bleed. I don't know. That's creepy. And uh, for this good sir who, who documented this noise, uh, I can't imagine he went back to sleep that night. Uh, creepy stuff. Again, there was no wind that night. There was no construction in the area. Uh, I don't know what could have been making that noise. Um, you know, I don't know. You be the judge. <laughs> the next article comes from a website called DeccanChronicle.com, and it's titled, Conspiracy Theorists Claim Ghostly Russian Radio Station Can Fire Nuclear Weapons. A mysterious Russian radio station that emits a buzzing sound has sparked a number of conspiracy theories, including one which says that the site could be used to launch a nuclear strike. A dull, monotonous buzzing sound emanating from the radio station for the last 50 years has been heard all around the world on the shortwave frequency 24 hours a day. A popular prevailing theory is that the buzzer works as a quote-unquote death switch, which would launch an automatic nuclear strike if Russia was targeted. Some have even suggested they are a secret channel with aliens, which is, by the way, my, my favorite theory. The Kremlin has never spoken out on the buzzing sounds, but civilian investigators claim they trace the transmissions to a site near the town of Povarovo, Povaravo, Pavarotti? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, anyway, it's close to Moscow. The mystery deepened when in 2010 the buzzer's broadcast appeared to have been moved to near the border of Estonia. According to a story published in The Sun, it cited BBC saying that the buzzing is transmitted from two locations, one near St. Petersburg and a lo another in a location near Moscow. While it is thought to belong to the Russian military, that has never been confirmed. Anyone in the world can listen to this station simply by tuning a radio to 4625 kilohertz. The station was originally identified as UVB-76, but is commonly known as the buzzer. I personally like that. It kind of sounds like a top 40 radio station where you could call in and re request uh, your favorite song, you know. <laughs> Welcome to UVB-76, the buzzer! Interestingly, the buzzer has a number of dedicated enthusiasts and even online fan clubs who speculate about its location and true purpose. One group even claims to have managed to identify the exact location on Google Maps outside St. Petersburg. First detected in 1982, the buzzer is a relic of the Cold War, and one idea that has been put forward is that it is a dead hand station. Dead hand stations were first set up by the Soviet Union to ensure a retaliation if their leadership was wiped out in a nuclear attack. It will stop broadcasting if Russia comes under nuclear attack and then automatically trigger a retaliation strike. These come amid reports that Russia has maintained its dead hand system. Another theory is that the buzzer is sending messages to submarines or to special agents. Code words and numbers are intermittently played among the buzzing, leading to speculation that they could be encrypted. Other speculations include Russia may use the station in moments of crisis, spy network and military forces to stand by in certain areas. 
However, everyone remains united in the view that the exact nature of the buzzer remains a mystery. Every once in a while, the buzzing sound is interrupted by a voice speaking in Russian. radio station is officially owned by the Russian Armed Forces and is broadcast from Moscow. Pretty strange, isn't it? Uh, some other articles I was reading says that the station will uh, randomly play the strangest sound bites. So, you know, among the, the buzzing and the static, uh, there was a lady's voice who came on and simply counted from one to nine in Russian. Uh, there was another uh, transmission where for a few seconds there was uh, a clip played of the Swan Lake musical. It's just like random things. My theory is that Russia does this just for shiggles, just for fun, just to keep us confused and speculating as to what it could be. I mean, what if we what if we did the same? You know, created some fake radio station out in the middle of nowhere, Montana, and uh, strapped <laughs> strapped on our tinfoil hats and you know acted like it was something of importance and uh, you know just played random things, you know, clips of SpongeBob SquarePants and you know just random things to keep the Russians confused. It would keep them busy for decades, right? <laughs> anyway, that audio clip uh, comes courtesy of the Watch Mojo channel on YouTube. Speaking of secret codes and messages and encryptions, uh, the secret letter for today's episode is U, as in unicorn. And you're going to want to write that down. And maybe keep it, keep a journal, keep a notebook, open up the notes section in your phone. Each episode of So Strange, I'm going to give you one letter. And at the very end of the season, all of those letters will add up to a word, if you can unscramble the letters and, and figure out what the secret word of the season is. So this particular season will be 12 episodes long, which means the secret word at the end is going to be 12 letters long. And uh, if you go back to the very end of episode one and uh, somewhere in episode two, you can get the secret letters for those episodes as well. But secret, secret letter for today is U as in unicorn. Now, why do you want to play this little game? You might be asking yourself. Well, anybody who can come up with the secret word of the season and email it to me at andymyersmanagement at gmail.com. It's going to unlock secret episodes, perks, prizes, and a couple other fun things I have in store. So I think, I think you'll want to play along and reap the benefits of that. The next article I rounded up is titled, Understanding the Mysterious Hum That Tortures a Select Few. A small percentage of people are troubled by a low-frequency hum that the rest of us can't hear, but researchers aren't sure why. What is the mysterious phenomena known as the hum? Those who can hear it describe it as a low-frequency rumbling sound, much like a heavy diesel truck idling nearby. Hearing protection does not seem to help, and it's often worse at night. Estimates vary, but perhaps somewhere between 2 and 5% of the world's population has heard the hum. Most people can't pick up on it at all, which frustrates those who can. When nobody else can hear it, you think you're going nuts, and it just wears you down, says one hum here in Cambridgeshire, England who told the, the Guardian. Low-frequency sounds can generally cause health problems, and this puzzling hum is no exception. Hum hearers report headaches, nausea, insomnia, fatigue, and memory loss. The noises also tend to be somewhat localized. For example, there is the Taos, New Mexico hum, the Bristol, England hum, and the Largs, Scotland hum. Scarce research has looked into the phenomenon, 
and the few existing studies lack definitive answers. Beginning around 2011, residents of Windsor, Ontario, began hearing an intermittent hum, which sometimes lasted for several hours at a time. In 2013, after many complaints from citizens, including numerous reports of the health problems, the Canadian government founded a study to explore the problem. A group of researchers led by Colin Novak, an associate professor of engineering at the University of Windsor, reported that the Windsor hum was indeed a real sound, an acoustic wave that propagated through the air with a frequency of approximately 35 hertz. Its actual source was a bit hard to nail down. The researchers think it likely came from a blast furnace at a U.S. steel factory on Zug Island, which is an industrial site just southwest of Detroit, Michigan, just across the border from Windsor. But they can't be sure. We never found the definitive smoking gun, but all the evidence seems to point towards that being the source, says Novak, who specializes in the field of psychoacoustics. I wish we could have taken the study a little bit further. However, we just don't have the cooperation from the industry or the government on the U.S. side. Then on the Canadian side, we had a political party change, and the new party in power was less interested in pursuing it. In any case, after U.S. Steel closed the plant in 2020, reports of the Windsor hum seem to have ceased. Meanwhile, people tormented by the hum in other places still seek answers. Could hums in different locations arise from similar industrial noises? Novak says it's possible, but they would result from highly unusual sounds. That's why his team suspected the blast furnaces. The blast furnace is one source that could potentially produce significant amounts of acoustic energy if not operated properly, Novak says. A more likely culprit behind other hums is a subterranean noise source, movement of tectonic plates or underground volcanic activity. In fact, that was Novak's first approach to the Windsor hum. However, when the team measured the sound's velocity by picking it up at several locations simultaneously, they knew it was airborne. Few other hums have been the subject of such detailed research. This fact really annoys Glenn McPherson. The high school math teacher began investigating the hum after hearing it at his home in British Columbia. McPherson is quick to point out that he is not a scientist. His Ph.D. is in education. However, he is an ace at gathering data. He established the World Hum Map and Database, which is a website that gathers hum data and maintains a map of locations where people have heard it. The data might be very useful if someone were to launch a research project studying the phenomenon worldwide, not just locally as in the past. But so far, McPherson hasn't found any takers. What's more, the lack of reliable scientific research leaves a hole for conspiracy theories to fill in. Novak says that while investigating the Windsor hum, he received plenty of emails from people around the world positing what he politely calls quite unusual ideas. Military conspiracy theories were among the most common. McPherson warns visitors to the World Hum website that this is a place for disciplined inquiry and not for wild speculation and conspiracy. However, the proliferation of conspiracy theories may currently frighten off credentialed researchers. Or, a far more mundane reason, may explain the lack of activity within the scientific community. Who's going to pay for it? Novak asks. Until more people hear the hum and the health effects become more widespread, there's little interest in funding a relatively obscure research project. For now, the hum remains quite a mystery. I'm thankful that I cannot hear the hum. 
and I'm sure you are as well. Uh, I, I can only imagine the kind of uh, you know not not only physical but mental torment uh, people must must uh, go through who can hear it. You know, and and I I do have some uh, sensory issues with hearing. You know, what I mean by that is I'm I'm the kind of person who's easily bothered by an unknown unknown noise in the room. You know, whether it's a ticking or a clicking or you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the hum from the from the dishwasher or the washing machine will bother me a little bit. In fact, just the other night I was running my dishwasher and I must have had, I don't know, I must have had a bowl or a plate arranged in a weird fashion. And, you know, as the thing inside was spinning and, and doing its work, I just kept hearing this clanking noise. <laughs> one by one, I'm just taking out dish after dish, trying to figure out if that would stop the clanking. And I eventually found the culprit. But uh, yeah, hearing sensitivities are, are no joke. I don't know. Some people just have these supersonic satellite dish ears and uh, for whatever reason can hear on, on different frequencies. So hopefully they get to the bottom of it. But, you know, again, like uh, McPherson was saying, there could be different types of hums in different locations at different frequencies. So I'm not sure if they'll ever be able to come out with a, uh, you know, cookie cutter solution, you know, because what may stop the hum in certain areas might not work in other parts of the world. This next article I rounded up comes from American.edu, and it's titled, What is Havana Syndrome? Now, I could read you this very, very long article. It's very wordy. It's very scientific. Uh, it almost looks like something you'd read in a research journal, uh, and I don't want to put you to sleep, so I'm just going to summarize and paraphrase. Uh, basically, in December 2016, uh, there were diplomats and CIA officers uh, at a U.S. embassy in Havana, and they begin to report mysterious symptoms, like dozens of them were falling ill, uh, everything from vision loss, headaches, uh, fatigue, severe and debilitating like cognitive issues, tinnitus, vertigo, brain fog, um, loss of motor control. And uh, since then, there's been over 200 more diplomats. Uh, there's been spies, um, people from the DOD, the NSC, um, mainly from U.S. embassies around the world, uh, they've ex all experienced a cluster of these symptoms known as Havana Syndrome. Uh, well over 200 people. In fact, uh, U.S. officials in Europe, Asia, Australia, and the Americas uh, have been affected by this. But what people are reporting is it, it almost feels like they're being bombarded by waves of pressure. Um, and, and it seems very localized, uh, almost to suggest it's, it's an attack. It's an acoustic sound attack. And, uh, some people report it as almost like a low, uh, a low pulse or a vibration. Other people have reported it almost as more of like a high pitch sound, almost like cicadas, you know, the, the high pitch humming of, of the swarms of cicadas, almost like they can hear that sound inside their head. Um, anybody who, who knows the sound of cicadas, you know, in midsummer, it's, uh, it can be peaceful, but it can also be overwhelming. I, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't want to hear that inside my brain. Are you kidding me? Uh, one, one person, in fact, uh, who was hit by this sound wave set reported that he felt as if he were going to die. Um, top officials, um, are reporting to them as, as attacks. Uh, there's, there's debate and speculation between different parties and different organizations as to what's causing this, how to stop it, where it's coming from. As as many of us uh, are probably aware, there are uh, sound weapons. Uh, these these are not new. They've been they've been out for a long time. Uh, some people suggest that the, uh, a sound weapon uh, could be scaled down to fit on a van or SUV. 
Um, you know, these things have been around uh, since the 1970s. Actually, Russia developed some of these sound acoustic debilitating devices way back in the 70s. And, um, you know, they're thought to have a range of 500 to 1,000 yards, which, you know, if that's true, you know, there could be a terrorist attack, uh, you know, certainly could come close enough to a U.S. delegate to, you know, to send these, these uh, sound waves at them. But cases are still happening. In fact, there was a, a smaller attack in uh, Vienna, July 2021, and it's still leaving people scratching their head trying to figure this out. And uh, But it's clear that this is a very real and painful phenomenon, and uh, actually most recent numbers are upwards of 230 U.S. diplomats, CIA officers, and other national security personnel are still experiencing the after effects of this of this phenomenon. Now, I promise you, <laughs> this sound clip that I am about to play uh, comes from freesound.org. I promise it won't do anything to you mentally, physically, <laughs> on any level. So I'm going to turn down the volume, but give you kind of a little taste of what a kind of a low frequency sound pulse and again, that kind of high high-pitched cicada type noise so this will be kind of a very PG version of what these people are experience a little tamed down taste of it so there you have it and uh, you know I don't claim to have ever been on the receiving end of a sound pulse of uh, the Havana syndrome, but I will say that my daughter Sky, she's eight years old, and sometimes when she has a friend over and they get to laughing and squealing, and uh, as of a couple weeks ago, I remember when I told them that I was going to take him out uh, to the arcade and to get some ice cream, uh, the squealing shrieks of joy uh, penetrated my eardrums and rattled around in my brain, and I still don't think I'm quite right from that. So uh, if you want high-frequency sound torture, uh, yeah, get get a young daughter and tell her you're going to the arcade. That'll do the trick. Next, we're talking about Skyquakes, and uh, I think this gets the award for the most badass name of, of all the acoustic phenomenon that we're talking about today. Skyquakes, or mystery booms. A skyquake is a rare phenomenon characterized by unnatural loud noises coming from the sky. In 2013, a video shot in Terrace, which is a city in British Columbia, Canada, started doing the rounds on social media for capturing bizarre noises that resonated through the streets. The city council later claimed that it was a city worker grinding down a grater blade, but the uploader of the video is still not convinced with the council's explanation. According to strangesounds.org, over 40 similar incidents have been reported in the UK, the US, and other countries till date. So what are these strange noises? For centuries, loud, unsettling noises coming from the sky have been reported worldwide. These noises are caused by a rare atmospheric phenomenon commonly known as skyquakes or mystery booms. Often occurring near coastal cities, skyquakes are characterized by unexplained, unnatural noises coming from the sky. Different countries use different terminology to describe this unusual phenomenon. For example, in Italy, they're called brontidi, which loosely translates to thunder-like. Uh, Japanese, uh, the Japanese call them umanari, which translates to the rumbling of the sea. In Dutch, they are, let me see if I can get this, mistpuffers. Mr. Pulfers. Uh, people in the UK call them skyquakes, but in North and South Carolina, they're known as Seneca guns. 
So what causes skyquakes? Famous 19th century American author Washington Irving once penned a story on skyquakes in which he jokingly attributed the anomalous noise to ghosts playing nine-pin bowling in the mountains. On a serious note, some skyquakes are said to have human origins. For instance, when a military aircraft breaks the sound barrier, causing a sonic boom. Other theories suggest that the mystery booms might be caused by high-tension electric power lines, electromagnetic radiation, high-pressure gas lines, or wireless communication devices. Meanwhile, some researchers believe that the mystery booms might be triggered by natural phenomenon, such as tidal waves, earthquakes, electromagnetic noise from auroras and radiation belts, and even sand dunes. Under proper circumstances, sand dunes are capable of producing a variety of low-level whispering, whistling, singing, humming, or squeaking sounds, and less commonly, loud booming sounds, writes David Hill. David Hill is a scientist emeritus uh, with the U.S. Geological Survey, and uh, he said this in a scientific review paper on the causes of skyquakes. However, Hill added that how these sand dunes produce the noise is still unknown. Conspiracy theories surrounding skyquakes. In a 1981 book called UFO Contact from Reticulum, a report of the investigation, author Wendell Stevens speculated that UFO sightings might have something to do with skyquakes. So much so, co-author William J. Herman himself claimed to have experienced the sighting of a UFO craft in conjunction with an alleged mystery boom. The link between these mystery explosions and UFOs is the most exciting new development in this field, declared noted UFO researcher Robert Cregan, who's a professor of philosophy at the State University of New York at Albany. And Dr. James Harder, professor of engineering at the University of California at Berkeley, said, I think it's entirely possible that UFOs are connected to these blasts. Other conspiracy theories include speculations that skyquakes are caused by covert weapon experimentations that are carried out by government organizations or some sinister extraterrestrial forces. Some people also claim that skyquakes heard in forest regions could be the sound of mythical creatures like Bigfoot. Hell yeah, love me some Bigfoot. Currently, there is a host of theories and potential explanations for what causes these skyquakes or mystery booms, but none proven so far. Also, New Jersey, mystery booms. Residents and police in one community want to know what and who are behind a series of extremely loud noises that sound like explosions, and they've been rattling a lot of people in town for weeks now. News Force Ted Greenberg investigates. We live out here because it's quiet. They say it's disturbing the peace and quiet that people in Mullica Township are used to. Oh, my God. Yes, um, I just heard a really loud bang, like it shook the entire house. Over the past month, police have gotten numerous 911 calls. There was just a tremendous explosion nearby. From folks hearing extremely loud noises that sound like explosions. It's been happening once a week, I mean, it... It's almost blowing our houses off the foundation. Over the weekend, they were so close to my house that it made us uneasy, that just something's not right. A little bit between a shotgun and a cannon. It just sounds like it's a bomb dropped from a plane. The repetition was just seconds apart. It just was, quite, it was it just put questions in my head. You know, are we being invaded or <laughs> that kind of thing? It's, that's 
That's how severe it was. Mullica Township Police working to zero in on who and what are causing the sounds. The source so far still unknown. At this point, it is a mystery, and we're currently trying to triangulate the area of the sounds. One challenge that police are dealing with is that the reports of the sounds have been coming in from people across a roughly 10-mile span. We're asking if anybody has any knowledge or contact with the individuals that are responsible for this to uh, report it to the police department as soon as possible. Authorities aren't aware of any damage caused by the booms, but people who keep hearing them say their nerves are rattled. I hope somebody figures out where it's coming from, and I hope I don't hear it again. Ted Greenberg, News 4 New York. That was uh, courtesy of YouTube, a channel called NBC News New York. Uh, skyquakes are sometimes referred to as sky trumpets. Uh, this is because some of the noises sound less like a boom and more like a whistle or a, a gigantic instrument or a rumble. Uh, sometimes they even sound like a, kind of like a deep guttural roar. And, uh, you know, I, I once experienced this and heard this myself, although at the time I had never heard of such a mystery. And, and I'll never forget because it was 2015. Uh, my daughter was one year old. She was a little one year old. She was in her stroller and Nebraska City is a quaint little town and it's it's uh you know it's about oh 45 minutes from my home city of omaha nebraska but nebraska city it's a cute little place it's actually the home of arbor day and so they have a beautiful lodge with a huge you know umpteen acres of, of pristine forest back there they love their trees in nebraska city and so we're we're strolling back there my wife at the time and and again our one-year-old daughter sky <laughs> sky hey sky quakes hey um so we're back there and we're just walking and having a peaceful afternoon and suddenly the most god awful noise the best way i could describe it i you know in the moment i couldn't figure out if a plane was crashing or if a train was was derailing uh it sounded like a, a mix between that it was so loud it was deafening it was hurting our ears our daughters you know start screaming bloody murder and the noise was coming from all around which you know, I didn't know whether to run or duck or, you know, when you don't know the source of the noise, you you don't even know where to take cover. And this went on for, gosh, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds or so. And then it just went quiet again. And uh, y y yeah, mixed between a, a, a train derailing and a plane crash and maybe the world's loudest buzzsaw. And even in the moment, I was thinking to myself, OK, it's not a saw because, you know, it's the home of Arbor Day. They're not they're not you know, clear cutting a, a area of forest there. They're not cutting down any trees. And uh, we never did figure it out. And a couple of years later is when I stumbled across uh, this mystery known as skyquakes or, or sky trumpets. But I can tell you uh, it's it, when it happens, it is alarming, uh, especially to the decibel level that we heard this at. Um, and I know in recent years, there's other been there's been other reports around the Omaha area of booms in the sky. Now, granted, uh, you know, stone's throw from my home city of Omaha is Bellevue, Nebraska, and that's home to Offutt Air Force Base, uh, which is a, a very well-known Air Force base. It's actually where uh, Air Force One landed on 9-11 uh, so the president could uh, take shelter. So they do have uh, a lot of aircraft over there, uh, including, I believe, you know, some... Uh, you know, some stealth, stealth fighters and things like that, which when they, when, you know, when they break the sound barrier, they could produce a sonic boom. But uh, yeah, what happened in Nebraska city uh, that day with my daughter still remains a mystery. 
But I'm going to play you uh, a little uh, compilation uh, of skyquakes, and uh, it's pretty eerie stuff. Listen for yourself. And that sound clip was brought to you courtesy of Most Amazing Top 10 on YouTube. If you're enjoying the show so far, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts from. That'll go a long way to ensure that I can continue to bring you this strange content, and boy, do I love doing so. Okay, up next, we're going to be talking about sounds from space, scary space sounds. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't narrow this down to just one article or one sound because space is a pretty terrifying place. <laughs> you know, uh, obviously, um, space, outer space, is a vacuum, which means technically uh, sound can't travel through it. Um, so what scientists do is they use their fancy gadgets and equipment uh, to measure the electromagnetic frequencies, and then they convert those frequencies into sound waves that our ears can hear. Uh, I'll never forget, though, when I was a kid and somebody told me space is a vacuum, and I was probably, I was probably seven years old, and I thought to myself, space is a vacuum? You know, I pictured there's this giant, you know, Hoover vacuum up there in the cosmos just sucking things up, like <laughs> like my mom's vacuum on the living room floor, and uh, I eventually realized what they meant, but uh, it's kind of funny when you're a kid and the world is big and scary and you don't understand the, the terminology, and I don't claim to be a, an expert on how these scientific instruments work. I'm not a rocket scientist, although last week I did create a pretty awesome paper airplane for my daughter, but I digress. So here I'm going to play some uh, spooky space sounds for you, and we're going to begin with our very own sun. So listen in. Here's a sound bite of what our planet Earth, our home, sounds like from outer space. Okay, is it just me, or did that sound like uh, monkeys in a forest? <laughs> I don't know what else to compare that to. Not exactly terrifying. Uh, kind of humorous, though. Here's a here's what Mars sounds like if you're in outer space. That, that kind of reminds me of uh, the background ambient noise of, of like a horror movie. Uh, up next, 
the colossal planet and our cosmic neighborhood, here's Jupiter. Up next is Saturn with all of its glorious rings. Thank you, Saturn, for that nightmare fuel. Much appreciated. Uh, here is Enceladus, which is actually a moon of Saturn. The last sound bite from space, I'm going to play another sound clip of Jupiter. Damn it, Jupiter, why do you have to be so creepy? My god. Uh, sorry about that, uh, if that hurt your ears or gave you the shivers. Space a pretty pretty weird place, pretty unrelenting, uh, unforgiving. Uh, you know, you want warmth? Eh, too bad. You don't get no warmth in space. It's negative 455 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, oxygen? You want oxygen? No, you ain't getting no oxygen in outer space. You want to do a little leisurely space travel? Get out of here. That crazy talk. Near stars, light years away. Space is uh, daunting, and maybe maybe that's why it's so. Uh, you know, alluring to us, you know, the thought of going to the moon, the thought of, you know, future generations going to Mars or, you know, better yet, out of uh, science fiction movies, we, you know, what if someday we could zip around the cosmos and open up wormholes, you know, like Matthew McConaughey does in uh, in space movies. Anyway, pretty creepy place, though. Uh, in terms of sounds, uh, you can be hard-pressed to find anything that's uh, that's that spooky. And speaking of spooky sounds that originate from places outside of Earth. Uh, this is a personal account, personal true story of something that I once experienced that I, I can't quite explain. And this happened, gosh, maybe back in 2012. And uh, I was in bed sleeping. Uh, my wife at the time was laying next to me. She was also asleep. And it was in the middle of the night, you know, 2 o'clock, maybe 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was awoken by a noise outside of my second-story bedroom window. And the best way that I could describe it, it was almost like this low, uh, droning, kind of kind of whooshing noise. You know, and it basically sounded like some sort of a craft descending from the sky down towards my house. And... After that occurred, after I could hear the, that the craft stopped somewhere outside my bedroom window, I heard the strangest damn thing. I, it was it was words. It was chatter. I could hear. It almost sounded like a uh, robotic, metallic type voice of some creature talking in a language that I had never heard before. <laughs> And about 10 seconds, after about 10 seconds of this chatter, I hear whatever craft it was ascending. So again, it was that whooshing, swooshing, droning noise, but it, this time it kind of lifted from somewhere outside my house up into the sky. So it was almost like the, uh, the opposite of uh, the descent. It was taking off, and I, I could hear that change of pitch.
and I, I sat up in bed and my, my heart's pounding and I have goosebumps and I'm thinking that, that did not just happen. It, it, it sounded like, it sounded like an alien ship just landed and some extraterrestrials had a conversation outside my window and then zipped back up into the sky. And I, I sat there in silence for a few minutes and my wife at the time, uh, you know, slowly sits up and she says, did you just hear that? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm not crazy. Uh, she must've heard it too. And, and all I said was, yeah, I heard something strange, but you know, before I tell you what I heard, why don't you tell me what you heard? And she said, well, it sounded like a craft just descended out of the sky and I heard some alien language robotic speech and then I heard something take back off and into the air. And I said, oh my God, that's exactly, that's exactly what I just heard. And to this day, I, I can't explain it, but at the same time, I can't deny that it happened. I, you know, there, I have another witness who experienced the same thing. Um, whatever it was, it was uh, certainly enough to make my blood run cold. It's something I'll I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, kind of cool in hindsight, but definitely so strange. And uh, I'm just... You know, when things happen, you gotta you gotta count your blessings. I'm just I'm counting my blessings. I'm happy the the probing uh, didn't happen, <laughs> so uh, I guess that's good. But uh, whoever was in that craft, uh, whatever planet they come from, I I, I have no idea. Uh, it's never happened before or since. Uh, but I thought I'd sneak this in uh, since we're talking about scary space sounds. And maybe you know, maybe this separates my podcast from other podcasts is. You know, me inserting a couple personal stories of things that I've experienced over the years. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. <laughs> but when when I think it's relevant, I'll insert a couple of my own experiences. And uh, this world is so strange. And I've uh, experienced many things in many different uh, genres of the paranormal world, for better or worse. And uh, that's one that's always left me kind of stumped. Up next is a video on YouTube Uh and the video is titled, This Clip Just Captured the Most Terrifying Sounds in the Canadian Woods. And it's from a channel called Rumble Viral. And uh, I remember seeing this a uh, few years ago. It's actually uh, four years old. Uh, the video itself is four years old. And uh, it terrified me to my core. And there's there's not much context. It's just in the video it shows, uh, it looks like some guy standing on his back porch. And all you can see in the distance is a snowy wilderness and uh, there's there's really no explanation as to, you know, uh, there's no background context. All it is is a, a really creepy, screaming noise coming from the woods. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people in the comment section are saying Bigfoot. Um, I know there's other animals in the wilderness that can make some pretty freaky noises. If you're bored uh, and you want to be, uh, you want your, <laughs> if you really want to be tormented, uh, listen to the sound of a fox. Uh, Fox, when they get, when they get to screaming, it can sound pretty terrifying, almost like a woman screaming, uh, ditto for mountain lions. And I know, uh, moose and elk can make some pretty, uh, weird bugling noises, but, uh, this one's a, a bizarre one and I'm leaning towards, uh, Sasquatch, but we'll never know. But here, I'll, I'll let you take a listen for yourself. So there you have it. 
uh, com- you know, it, it's opening up Pandora's box when you look in the comment section of anything, but I couldn't help but take a peek, uh, you know, sheer curiosity. A lot of people chimed in saying that they have heard similar things. You know, I don't claim to have heard any screams from the woods quite that terrifying, uh, but back in 2016, uh, my good buddies Eddie and Pat, who uh, co-host the Paranormal Dads podcast with me, um, we went on a Bigfoot expedition with uh, some, you know, Bigfoot researchers and other professionals out in the Ozarks of Missouri. Now we're we're kind of city slickers, admittedly, and uh, so there there was I don't know maybe fifteen to twenty people on this expedition, and it was a you know like four days, three nights kind of deal, and everyone was uh, camping out there at a campground, and but us paranormal dads we. <laughs> We checked into a, a motel that was about two blocks up the road from the campground. But uh, alas, you know, we went out investigating with these this crew of people each night. And uh, one particular uh, evening, I think it was the last night of the of the excursion, uh, we were hiking through a forest and we we hiked down. A, you know, mind you, it's pitch black. You know, because the the only flashlights we have were uh, give off a red light, which isn't really great for illuminating the trail. It, you know, it's thought that Sasquatch can't see the the red um, of the flashlight. So we're using this to to navigate, and we get out of the woods into a little clearing, and it was in this valley that's kind of flanked on either side by these uh, these cliffs and bluffs, and distinctly, unmistakably, from the top of one of these uh, bluffs, we heard what we assumed was a Bigfoot call. It was just this deep guttural howl, basically is what it was. It was a howl. And uh, we were absolutely 100% positive that it was nobody else in our group. It was no other group. We were out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, absolutely out in the middle of nowhere. There was nobody else out there. There was, In fact, there was no nobody else at the campground that, that the guys were camping at. And after the Bigfoot howled, uh, we... The coyotes started going crazy, yipping and, and howling, um, you know, but that first one was unmistakably something large, sounded like a primate, and it sounded like whatever it, ha- whatever it was had a lung capacity <laughs> well beyond any human, and uh, apparently it stirred up the coyotes because they were in a frenzy afterwards. But um, as to what creature exactly this was in the YouTube video, uh, I'm not sure, but... Uh, you know, sounds sounds pretty strange for for sure. For... Okay, this this next one is probably going to leave you with goosebumps. Some of you may have heard of it, some of you may have not. If you've never heard of this, you're in for a real treat. Uh, most people refer to these as the Sierra sounds. Uh, some of them refer to refer to it as the Samurai sounds. Uh, but basically, in 1971, uh, there were two guys, uh, Al Berry who was a skeptical reporter investigating the Bigfoot phenomenon, and his buddy Ron Moorhead. And they were setting up camp uh, somewhere between Lake Tahoe and Yosemite National Park. And one night they woke up to hear some genuinely bizarre cries. And uh, what basically what they captured, uh, they think anyways, was a, a family or group of, of Bigfoots uh, that were speaking to each other. And sometimes it's referred to as the samurai chatter because uh, some people almost compare it to uh, the Japanese language. You know, if you watch an old samurai film, uh, it kind of sounds like the old uh, samurais uh, talking to each other. It's truly bizarre. I remember the first time I ever heard this, I was uh, just absolutely dumbfounded. Um, This has been studied by experts the world over. 
And uh, a lot of the experts say that the range, the pitch, the tone, the cadence, uh, you know, they analyze this, you know, syllable by syllable. And a lot of the experts uh, maintain that this is not human. Clearly, it's no other animal either. So if it's not human and it's not other animal, uh, you might have a unknown primate or unknown hominid. Um, but this is pretty clear audio. As to what they're saying, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, tighten those, tighten those earbuds and I'm going to play this for you real quick. Yeah. No. 
Now, if that's not so strange, uh, I don't know what is. Uh, as you might have gathered, uh, I think at, at certain points of that clip, uh, you know, Ron Moorhead or his buddy were hollering back, almost, you know, antagonizing or, or playing along with some of the background chatter. But in certain moments, uh, you, you can clearly hear, uh, you know, what sounds like a, a clear language. You know, and if, if Sasquatch are as intelligent as some people believe, why couldn't they have a, a form of language? I mean, uh, heck, you know, even uh, uh, parakeets and, uh, you know, I, I believe even rose, uh, crows and ravens and, you know, some birds are able to vo vocalize uh, very clearly and they can mimic human words. Now, maybe uh, parakeets aren't intelligent enough to know what those words mean, uh, but if Bigfoot has a large large head, clearly he has a large brain and, uh, you know, maybe over the... Uh, you know, over the thousands and thousands of years that these creatures have been spotted, maybe they've developed some sort of a language together. But in terms of Bigfoot audio, um, that's, you know, one of the gold standards of the, of the industry. Last but not least, I'm going to leave you with one last personal account of a sound that was so strange it sent shivers down my spine. Uh, true story, this was back in probably 2009, uh, my my uh, grandma had passed away, and I had recently moved into her home. And this was in a, a part of Omaha, Nebraska, known as Benson. It's a little, it's a little district, kind of an older, older district. The house itself was, gosh, at the time, you know, close to a hundred years old, uh, haunted as the day is long. <laughs> I had so many ghostly activity, spirit activity. Uh, whistles, knocks, voices in the register vents, you name it. That place was a paranormal fun house of activity. That being said, it was kind of a cool place to live because there was never a dull moment. But one that really gave me the, the creeps was um, one day I had just gotten done showering. I had a towel wrapped around me, and I, I walked into the bedroom, and one of the bedrooms actually had a old-fashioned laundry chute. So those are kind of rare but nowadays. But in the closet, there was a laundry chute that went straight down to the laundry room. So I opened the closet door, uh, reach around, and I just dropped my towel down the laundry chute. And as I did that, clearly, distinctly, unmistakably, there was a voice, a loud voice, coming from the basement. And the voice, in a very creepy tone, it said my name. Andy. And as you can imagine, I said a couple choice words, uh, basically was like, nope. And I slammed that closet door, uh, rushed out of the room. And, uh, I, you know, the, I think the creepiest part of that was the fact that I was all alone. Um, there's nobody else in the house with me at the time. And whatever it was, I don't want to say whoever it was, but whatever it was, it knew my name. And, you know, and that's that's the creepy part when you have a mysterious creature that can that can mimic or can get your attention uh, but clearly it was an intelligent entity who knew who I was and was trying to get my attention now nothing malicious ever happened in that house I you know I don't claim that anything was overly traumatic uh, but in the moment it was startling now 
I know the the title of the show is you know creepiest things ever you know ever recorded. Uh, I did was not able to record that, but you'll have to forgive me because I was buck naked, naked as the day I was born. I had no pockets to put my cell phone in, <laughs> even if I had, I couldn't have pulled it out fast enough to hit the record button. But uh, it it scared me uh, to my core in the moment, and uh, you know much like. Much like a lot of the audio clips and phenomenon on today's episode, we'll we'll never be able to definitively definitively explain what it was. But I think that's part of the fun, you know, when we're talking about things that are so strange and mysteries of the world. Uh, I don't know about you, I'm not the kind of person who needs to have all the answers. I think half the fun is is the pursuit of information and the letting your mind wander with thoughts of what if, you know, what if it's this, what if it's that, what what could it be. You know, there's things out there that we can't make sense of. I think there's many layers to our reality, and many of these layers we can't see. Uh, they're shrouded in mystery. And uh, so, alas, hopefully uh, you're able to sleep tonight. Uh, but those dang sounds of Jupiter, man, those will stay with you. Jupiter, got to be so creepy. Be sure to check out my other podcast. It's called Paranormal Dads. We have 70-some episodes uh, loaded and ready to go. You can check that out at paranormaldads.com. Moving forward from this episode, I hope you keep your phones in your pockets. Be on alert. Keep your ears open. Keep your eyes open. Because uh, I always want to be ready to hit that record button if you hear something or see something that's, that's creepy in your immediate vicinity. Because uh, as you've seen on this show... And as you've come to know, this world can be so noisy, and it can also be so strange. Mm-hmm.